What's going on and welcome back to another episode of Creative Digest where we sit down and we talk with other creators and creatives and talk about their processes and their experiences. Today, I'm joined with Molly. Hi. Why do I not know your last name? My last name is Mitchell. Molly Mitchell. Yes. I literally couldn't have told you that, so that's honestly You're my bad. You're fine. I had a, one of my very, very close friends for the first two years we were friends had no idea what my last name was. Oh, shoot. Somebody asked her in front of me once and she went... It's Smith, right? And no. I was like, who told you that? <laughs> what <laughs> guess did you make that it was Smith? No, that's amazing. Uh, do you know my last name? Francis. Ah, wow. <laughs> now I feel like a bad friend. That's... <laughs> You're fine. I've just seen it on class assignments, and it's my younger sister's first name. So oh, okay. It so sticks. It rings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I just thought I had a memorable name. That sucks. No. <laughs> no, so... Molly, we yes. met in screenwriting. We did. Intro to screenwriting with yes. Sean. I don't even know his last name. Ayers. Ayers, yeah. Well, he told us not to ever remember it. You're so right, yeah. I didn't. Um, very intentionally. <laughs> that man, I mean, I hope he listens to this one day. Cause Shout he, out, Sean. He's the GOAT, literally. He really is. Sometimes I think he's a student, like, like a peer of mine. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, wait, no, hold on. I have to respect you like a professor sorry (laughs) yeah it's when he walked in the first day i thought he was someone in our class literally head because he has like these like wired headphones running through his his t-shirt every day yeah i could swear like i don't know if he's ever used an ironing board (laughs) (laughs) i mean he's the best i love him no and there's like another guy in the class that's like older like like upper 30s yeah 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 jeff i thought he was the professor i was like that must be sean yeah and then it was not sean (laughs) jeff he's a good guy he's quiet though i haven't spoken to him at all but he seems cool yeah i mean like yeah he's quiet Mm -hmm. uh but i've talked to him about his like brother and he has like sounds like he has some resentment towards his brother i don't know what it is yeah but so the purpose of this podcast, right? Yes. Me asking you to come on in the the wee hours of the night, um, <laughs> five p.m. on a Monday. Five p.m. on a Monday, yeah, the wee wee hours. <laughs> um, wait, what was I going to ask? No, I asked you in the wee hours of the night. Yes, it was like you midnight did. at when we were at Highland. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I was referring to. <laughs> <laughs> no, so purpose of the podcast though is. You know, obviously in the intro, sitting down with creators, creatives, talking processes, experiences, mm-hmm. of course. So I want to know how you, as your bio on Instagram says, film student, film major with bangs or something yes, like that. What, that. Where did that come from? Where did film major with bangs come from? Where did you get your start? Well, the with bangs started because everyone in my friend group was like a humanities major with bangs. So we would jokingly be like, shut up, you're a journalism major with bangs. (laughs) Like, so that was like a running joke. But like the film major part, um, I don't know, probably started when I was, I was pretty little. Okay. And I've just always kind of gravitated towards storytelling. Um, And my grandma lived with me and my family for like a good portion of like my childhood and she had a bunch of like storybooks and nursery rhymes that she would teach me and um so just like stories were a very big part of my life growing up and like she would always encourage me to like tell stories like that I would make up and she would always want to hear them and so like that like 
was kind of the first like encouragement I had of like someone being like, no, tell me what you thought of. And um, as I got older, I just like started kind of exploring more mediums with storytelling. And like when in like the third grade, I wrote my first script, except I didn't write a script. I made my mom come down to the basement turn on the computer and I didn't know how to type yet because uh, we learned typing in fourth grade yeah, not third yeah um so my mom had to like just sit there and type whatever I told her and I actually found the script over the summer when I was like packing up my childhood Yo. bedroom and I was like oh my god because wow. it's there's no plot no I'm there's sure. no plot I'm pretty sure is like, it even formatted no like there's like uh there's no plot. There's no, like, it's literally just, like, people in high school existing. And I'm pretty sure I was a really big fan of the Disney Channel show Shake It Up at yeah, the time. So crazy. I had, like, a Shake It Up, like, scene <laughs> in the script <laughs> for no reason. I We need to we need to recover this. Oh, my God. Script. Maybe uh, we can all, like, at the end of the semester, like, do a table, table read, read yeah. of the script. <laughs> That'd be um, guys. But yeah, and so like that was the first like script that I wrote and it was like going to be like a movie I made with like all the other like third graders. It never happened because we were in third grade and I didn't know what I was doing. Mm. But like nobody ever told me that I couldn't do that. So like growing up, it wasn't like, oh, this is like something that's not going to make me any money. This is something that like I can't do with my life. Mm -hmm. And like. I would always, like, share what I was writing with my sisters. And, like, my parents were really excited to hear about what I was writing. And so, like, it was never... My dad would, like, make jokes about, like, oh, you should, like, you know... Like, I have two sisters. And he's like, one of you is going to be a doctor, one's going to be a lawyer, and one's going to be an engineer. You guys can pick which one you want, but those are the three career options. And we were like, no. no. Thanks, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, my older sister is studying she studied philosophy politics and economics for That's a while dope. yeah and now she is going to go back to school to study um peace mediation um which she's really really excited about and then i'm a film student so kind of straying from our dad's dreams but like he's it's never been something Support. where he's like you know how dare you not become a doctor like he's like okay yeah like this is what they want to do instead like it was always just kind of a joke growing up that it's like you're gonna be a doctor that's good i yeah. mean that's my i i noticed that a lot like because a lot of people say that like people are getting into the creative industry or at least there's such a desire for it like especially like my younger brother or like even my younger sister who's like really young mm -hmm. she's like yo like i want to be a youtuber yeah I'm like dude you're six like <laughs> <laughs> Like, no. But then, like, also, like, it just, like, made me laugh because, like, we were kind of the first generation who, like, was allowed to think that. Mm -hmm. Like, and I I, tr I thought it was an testament to, like, the media culture, as in, like, it was a testament to just the fact that we're the first generation to grow up with smartphones in our pockets the entire time type thing. Yeah. Um, Kind of. I mean, I guess I my first phone was a, like, a, a slide phone. And Mine, it, was, it was a chocolate. It was called a chocolate phone. I I never had like a <clears throat> like one of those, but like I was allowed to play with my parents' old phones after they got a new one. Yeah. So when my parents got like their Blackberries, like I got 
their flip phone and it didn't work but like i carried it with me everywhere let me tell you about the blackberry oh my my god well because i I, you know growing up i finally put two and two together that the blackberry i mean that was the phone yeah because well the first iphone didn't come out till 2007 Mm -hmm. it's like we had already like had a childhood up to this point yeah and then an iphone came out so yeah the blackberry was it it makes me laugh really hard when like older like members of like it's not so much members of like Gen X because like they raised a lot of Gen Zers so like I don't know any of these generation. I know us and millennials. Gen X is like our parents. Oh. Okay. And then it's like baby boomers, Gen X, millennials and then Gen Z. Um and so from a lot of like older millennials, I feel like we get stuff that's like oh not that you would know what a vhs is like i grew up watching like everything yeah. on vhs like up until i was like six yeah like, blu-ray and like the like standardization of cds like everybody acts like that had had an era like mm-hmm. no that came and went faster than like it was like basically vhs for a while cds mm-hmm. and then like now just the digital streaming age yeah um so like that just always makes me like giggle a little bit when they're like you don't know anything and i'm like i have like a stack this tall of cat in the hat vhs tapes in my childhood bedroom as we speak i have i my one tattoo is like the like i guess i don't know what you would call that but like the command portion of a vhs player Mm -hmm. so like it's rewind stop play fast forward like that stuff and but that came from using it growing mm-hmm. up like that didn't like you can't tell me you can't tell me when you popped in one of them uh what is it called like just disney movies whether mm-hmm. it be vhs or cd and it would be like peter pan going crazy <laughs> and he'd be like coming to a theater near you oh or whatever God. do you I remember would, those yes it was like yeah i like i can like hear the like hum mm-hmm. in my mind and like see the like i was so excited whenever that came on because i was like that means we're halfway through the previews and that the movie's gonna start soon yep and like and there was a, there was this one production company that i always remember thinking was really cool it was like thx or something and oh yeah and it was just like made the really loud yeah, like, like noise that, hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I always thought that was gas, but then like I grew <laughs> up, and I'm like, where do these people go? I know. Like, what are they making these days? No, one of my favorite ever, like, one of those, like... Like intros? Like production yeah, intro intros? production tags or whatever. Um, I guess it's like the, like, film production company's version of like a like a tag and like a rap song. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Oh, producer yeah, yeah, yeah. Tag. <laughs> Um, mine was, I really liked the, like, Troublemaker ones that came before the Spy Kid movies. I don't Spy know Kids movies, but... Spy Kids was my entire childhood. I can quote that franchise from memory. Um, but, like, they, like, it's like this little boy who's smiling very deviously at the camera, um, and he's on, like, a roller coaster, and it, like, Why the roller coaster is, like, this? the Troublemaker, like, logo, and... I always liked that, but, like, I've never seen it with, like, another movie. And that always made me sad because I was like, that's kind of gas. Like, yeah, we should buy More it. people should use that. Buy the production company <laughs> so we can use it. 
Yes, with the three dollars I have to my name. Let's Literally, I'm so broke in college. It's so bad. But I mean, hey, it's whatever. Who yeah. needs money anyway, huh? I'm getting an education. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> in film. <laughs> I'm getting a film education. I'm gonna make all my money back, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Well, like you could. It's really a gamble. Yeah. It's either it is. like I'm gonna live broke for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. or I'm gonna make so much money. There's really no in between. Yeah, to to quote my father, if all else fails, marry rich. So. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get on that. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get on that. No, I completely. We completely derailed from parents these days. Right? Yeah. Parents these days. I think they're the reason. Like, just to wrap it up, they're the reason that like so many people now feel comfortable to do arts and Mm -hmm. like pursue this right like i have friends who have actually no i haven't had them on the podcast but i recorded (laughs) them for something else and he literally like one of his answers to me was like i was like have you ever thought about like quitting your major and he was like yeah i was like why and he was like you know it got hard and all this kind of stuff and i was like but why didn't you quit and he was like because like my parents would think less of me if i didn't have a degree i'm like yo like parents still think that way like i didn't that's such an outdated way of thinking it's funny because like my parents wouldn't think less of me or my sisters if like any of us didn't like want a degree but like they their one like stipulation kind of is like we go to college they're Uh like you can study what you want but you have to get a degree Yeah, I mean, especially in their day and age, right? Like, Mm -hmm. in their hiring market, they only know of their the applications they had to fill out, ask what degree you have, Mm -hmm. right? And and it's not, most of them are just, what's your level of education? Mm -hmm. Do you have a bachelor's degree? What it's in, I don't really think I, most companies don't care what, what what your major's in. But then, like, half of the media jobs that I've applied for, zero of them ask me what my level of education is. Mm -hmm. They all say, let me see your work. It, it definitely varies, like, field to field. Um, and one thing that, like, my parents talked a lot about, uh, like, I talked a lot about it with my mom because, like, kind of junior year of high school, early pandemic, I had a phase where I was like, I don't want to go to college. Like, I just really don't want to. Yeah. And that had a lot to do with, like, the fact that we were in a pandemic and, like, I was doing, like, I was not in a great place mentally and I was doing all of like my work through like zoom classes and I was miserable and I was just like I just don't want to go to college because I don't really see like how there's any like improvement if I do like what am I gonna like I can't motivate myself to do like zoom school on my own so like how am I gonna do that in college and my mom like her biggest thing was like she was like you have to get a degree I want you to like go out and like experience life and be independent, which you're not going to do if you stay home. Yeah. Um, she was like, I, a degree is not a life sentence. No. Like my mom has a degree in sociology um, and she had a master's so that she could teach. So she was a uh, social studies teacher for a little bit um, in her like earlier adulthood after she graduated college and then um she worked at this like toy shop in boston for a really long time um and then she and my dad got married and had my sister then they moved back to ohio 
and um like both of my parents have like really interesting career tracks to me because like now my mom works as like a researcher and recruiter for a company in like Centerville Ohio and my dad went from like I learned something new about my dad every day um he's like one of the most interesting people I've ever met um because like he took me on a business trip with him back in 2020 like right before the pandemic started we went to DC and we were in the like National Gallery walking around and he was like telling me about all these like artists and painters and I was like when do you like since when did you have time to like learn all this and he was mm-hmm. like oh I have a like I had a minor in art history Yo, and what? I was like since when like my dad's a physicist that's cool yeah I was like I'd huh when did that happen um and like he also was a firefighter for a period of time and like uh he was in the military for a little bit so like yeah like and both of my parents went to college and like got like set degrees but like yeah. Like they say, like a degree is not a life sentence. Just because you're studying one thing in college doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be what you spend yeah. the rest of your life doing. Yeah, and I like I think I think that goes into like I get like I'm getting a film major, right? Mm-hmm. But like I'm minoring in communication just for the sake of doing it. Mm-hmm. More so because I thought the class that I'm taking now was really cool, but that's yeah. that's really it. But I say that to say it's like my like aspirations aren't just to make movies. Like it is. Like I I would love to make movies, but it's like I want to own like a production company and mm-hmm. like which I kind of do but you know on a much larger scale yeah. and like just all, you know I don't know like do more with my life than just you know make cinema which is because for me filmmaking is just like you said the mode of storytelling that I've chosen mm-hmm. right cuz like if I don't have film I'll figure out a different way to tell stories mm-hmm. so like that's why I'm not married to you know film forever mm-hmm. um but hopefully I am. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I'm married to film forever. But I, I really don't know where I was going with that. I thought I had a little like segue, <laughs> but I didn't. You're fine. No, it's been a long day. I, when I found out, literally, it, I feel like <laughs> my life is just one long day mm-hmm. with like naps in between. Oh, you're so real for that, dude. <laughs> I completely understand. <laughs> it's like it's not like I don't have any definitive like separation. Like you I could tell you that we were at Highland this morning and you, I just took a nap. Technically like, we technically were at we were, Highland this morning. Which literally shout out to Highland. I mean for the facts that I didn't know, the fact that I didn't know that place existed is Dude, don't m- shout it out. We got to keep it a secret. Mind blowing to me. <laughs> I have nobody listens to this. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, I was hoping you'd disagree. No. <laughs> I yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But they're so <laughs> goaded. The fact that what time do they open? Like 5? Yeah. And they're open till 2:30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's so sick. They hold a special place in my heart forever. I found them over the summer with like my boyfriend at the time and I remember like sitting there with him and like we were both like working on things and I was like I'm going to come here all the time. And then last night was my first night yeah. there like <laughs> since then. There it's I I do that with a lot of places, mostly coffee shops though. Mm-hmm. Cuz I found uh Rose not too long ago. Like yeah. that took me forever to find. Really? Yeah, I don't I mean, I always knew it was a place, but mm-hmm. then I'd be like, oh, when I stumble upon it, I'll go in, mm-hmm. right? But I could never find it. Yeah. Like, it's I, so... It's, like, really, like, tucked in there. Like, they like, have I a sign. They do, yeah. But it's, like, it's attached to that one church. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was, like, an apartment building until, like, my friend took me there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, 
this is Rose Street. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always knew where Rose Street was because yeah. we always have Rose Fest. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's yeah. the only reason I know where Rose Street is <laughs> because of the massive block party. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I went there and I was like, man, I'm going to start coming here all the time. Mm-hmm. But yet somehow I still find Starbucks in my hand. Yeah. I feel like I'm really cheating on the local coffee shops yeah. of Cincinnati by getting Starbucks, but... Uh, well, you know, we've got like four of them on campus, Literally. so they kind of set you up for that. I mean, just in this building alone, we have one upstairs, yeah. which is so goaded. I love that so much. I, that's where you found me earlier. Yeah. That's where we met. Because... <laughs> Or not met, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coffee's so good. No, actually, I've never met you before today. Yeah, I've never seen this man before in my life. I I don't even know what kind of tea is in here. (laughs) There's two different bags. They don't look the same. One's definitely green tea, and one's definitely something else. Yeah, I've never had a medicine ball before because, gonna be honest, it's like... There's, like, one, like, medicine tea I've had before called, like, throat coat. Oh. And it, like, That's what has, I need right like, now. honey and stuff in it. And it, like, you know, coats your throat with something that, like, soothes it. But, like, I hate how it tastes mm. so much. This is good. Okay. This is good. Okay. It's probably because it has steamed lemonade in it. Mm. And that's what's doing it for me. Is it's this- also a Starbucks drink. <laughs> yeah, they can't really. They, <laughs> yeah, they don't really do it wrong. They just, like, add Starbucks in it. Starbucks mm-hmm. is actually a seasoning. <laughs> Yo, when I found out the other day that Starbucks, the character, is. Yeah, the, this chick is a character. This is Starbuck. That's Starbuck? And she is a character from Moby Dick. And oh, that's where they got the. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. There was another podcast that gave me that information. I feel so stupid. I'm going to clip this because that. this is going to rock somebody's world. <laughs> this information. It's not even related to creativity, but it's okay. I I have all of these like super deep conversations. I just don't want to talk about any of them. <laughs> is that bad? No, I understand that. Like, I get that. Uh, Let's see. Let's see. Try not to get caught. Oh. Yeah, like, try not to get caught up in where you're not. Get excited about where I'm at. Mm-hmm. It's a great topic. I it would is love a great it. Topic. I, sh- I should probably expand upon that. <laughs> I just, I, my brain is just firing on, like, less cylinders than it should. No, I, I get that. I'm, like, something, like, kind of, like, personal happened in my life recently that's, like, really been, like, kind of affecting, like, where I'm at personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I've been talking to my mom about it a lot and she's just been like you're where you need to be and like you really like don't appreciate like what that means until you're like actually in a moment where you have to like force yourself to be like I am where I need to be right now and I can't like rush this process because if I do then that's just gonna be like bad Mm -hmm. um so like I don't know that one like resonates because it's like yeah no, I mean it's true. Like I mean, I I I guess now we're here. But uh <laughs> the uh I when I somebody and I actually I heard this on a different podcast. Do you know Corridor Crew? I do not. Uh, well, they have a podcast and I heard it on there. And basically like I I, I don't know why they like hit me really hard at least in the moment. Mm-hmm. Because like I think at least for me, like I'm always trying to like get super I'm like I'm really ambitious, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm always thinking about like all of these crazy business opportunities and all these movie 
movie ideas I have and all this kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And like, why isn't Creative Digest the number one podcast in the world? Like those types <laughs> of things. Like I get super like caught up in that. And then like I'll just have these like random moments of like reality check and like one person will like DM me and be like, Hey, like listen to the podcast today, really resonated with it or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like dang. That's what that's why I get excited about it. <laughs> and because like it it's not a and I guess it would be nice to have, mm-hmm. you know, like so many thousands of people listening to the podcast or, you know, I don't know, whatever massive ambition, ambitious, ambitious, <laughs> ambitious goal that I could have. But like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I, I take larger strides. Like I get further whenever I'm like, when I stop, whenever I stop caring about how far I go. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, which is kind of, it sounds anti-productive, but, like, I guess that's just no, how like, it works I, out. I get it. Like, I – obsessing over where I'm going always forces me to not focus on the present. Yeah. So, like, if I'm sitting there, like, with our scripts, for example, it's like, ah, oh, like, I have to have, like, 55 pages due by tomorrow, like – that's stressing me out so much. Like, yeah. how am I going to write 55 pages? You just sit down and you write yeah. in you, the moment. You just do one page at a time. Yeah. You just, like, you take it second at a time, moment yeah. at a time, sentence at a time. And you'll eventually get there. And you also, like, sometimes, like, with deadlines, you have to understand that, like, it's not the end of the world if you don't necessarily meet it. Yeah. Like, and wh- also, like... What are they going to do? Shout out Sean one more time, like... He's not going to hold that against us. No, I'll shout that guy out so many times. I love that. <laughs> no, you're right. And like, there's no, there's no actual like pressure. At least for me though, like when I start like focusing on, you know, I guess referring to the script, but like I'll like write a line and then because mm-hmm. I'm not so focused on three pages from now, like I'm just writing the scene I'm writing and the mm-hmm. conversation I'm in. That's what I start getting like really excited about mm-hmm. like, Ooh, what are they going to say next? And then yeah. I'm like, wait, I get to tell you what they say next. Like <laughs> all, all this kind of stuff. Like I, I start like buying into the story and it's because I wasn't like so focused on the end of the movie or like mm-hmm. this crazy scene. Like I had, it's like, wow. Like, uh, I forget who it was, but there's somebody in our class who started writing the middle of the script. <sighs> yeah. And they're like, well, because I have that idea done. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm like, I guess, but like, There are, like, so many different types of writers, and I am somebody who, like, didn't understand for a really long time that, like, you don't have to necessarily have, like, a rigid structure by which you write. Like, if you have one scene in mind that you really want to write, you can write that scene when you want to write it. Mm And that, like, blows my mind occasionally where it's like, oh, yeah, I don't necessarily have to write this in order. Yeah. It's just the way that I've always done it. Yeah. And you, well, and I, I know that's just, like, you, we're, I guess, referring to script writing mm-hmm. and, or, I guess, screenplays and stuff. But do you, like, you had mentioned that you, like, read and you like to write. Mm-hmm. Have you ever written anything that's not a screenplay? Oh, yeah. Actually? I've the fewest things I've written are screenplays. Really? Um, I started writing like poetry in like my freshman year of high school. Um, which is just like 
it's fun. It's like, I don't know, I got really into like a lot of kind of shorter, very concise, like sweet poems. Um, Like The Orange by Wendy Cope is my favorite poem of all time. And I have a tattoo from it. It's my only tattoo. And like, I will never not love that poem. Um, And that is like the the poem that kind of like got me to appreciate like what poetry like could be and like the way the things that it could like the stories it could tell and the way that it could tell them um and then that kind of opened the door for me with like further appreciating like music and songwriting um which I've never like sat and sat down and like written a song but like you know there are like song lyrics that pop into my head sometimes I'm not a musician though so like not claiming to be in any sense (laughs) and then like I started writing stories like before I could like physically write like I would tell my grandma stories or like I would have I would force my family to listen to like these stories that I wrote at like the dinner table and I'd be like so this is what happens next in this and um then like one thing that like really helped with that was in the fifth grade my English teacher Mrs. Bade shout out Mrs. Bade She's the best. She's good. Um, I, it was like the first year in an English class that we had any focus on like creative writing or any emphasis. Cause like oh, wow. up until that point, it had been very much like spelling and structure and everything. Yeah. And I hadn't really enjoyed English class up to that point. Cause like, like, yeah, I could do it, but like, you know, I wanted to like talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Mrs. Bade was the first teacher that it was like, at least that like it stood out to me where we were doing, um, creative writing in that way. And she really let us have free reign with it. And she was so encouraging and supportive. And she gave me so much feedback on things that I was working on. And it got to the point where like, outside of class I came up to her and I was like hey like I have this story I've been writing in my notebook I just finished it I was wondering if you would want to read it and like it was a complete like Harry Potter ripoff sure but she never said that Mm. that wasn't the feedback she gave to me she sat down she took it home with her she read it yo and she gave it back to me with notes yo I still have the notes like the sticky notes that she had and like follow like the years following fifth grade like if she would see me in the hallway she'd be like what are you working on tell me about it and then the next year I had an entire class that was like creative writing like we had like English class then we had creative writing class and that teacher Mrs. Roddy was also super supportive and like so encouraging with like us wanting to like tell stories and express ourselves and I think like a lot of my classmates had fun with that but I know that it like really impacted me because like I had these teachers who I, like, felt pretty close to that were telling me, like, we can tell you enjoy doing this and we want to hear more from you. And that just kind of, like, continued throughout middle school and then into high school. And I just, like, haven't stopped since, really. Like, I'll take breaks. Like, I get writer's block. I need a break sometimes. But, like, I never want to stop writing yeah and like i think 
Well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's a cool story. Um, the uh, <clears throat> I find myself as well, like, do you just kind of like, even when I'm exhausted for whatever reason, like mm-hmm. stories just keep popping up or like yeah. some type of like creative aspiration. This to me, for me, is like a really great outlet. Like I'm able to just like, you know, plug into something and just kind of like run with it, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Um, especially because it's like it's not complex. There's no complexity to this. It's kind of just talk. Yeah. But with that being said, like when you just say like randomly like ah oh, like a lyric will pop in your head and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff and even that was starting at a young age like and you said a notebook and i don't i remember i had a story called the 24 and i don't <laughs> remember fully what is it about but i remember i wrote like four pages of it i'm like yo i got a movie right here <laughs> <laughs> and it was at my grandma's house oh that, my that i wrote this story where it's at couldn't tell you but no, I I would love to, like, have those old notebooks if I could find them. Yeah. But, like, they're buried somewhere. But, like, I remember the first time I, like, wrote something that hit, like, 40 pages long. And I was like, I'm an author. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I've done it. <laughs> it was, like, 40 pages. Yeah. And that's, like, that up to that point was, like, the most I had ever written. So that was, like, my biggest accomplishment. And I remember being like, and the story's finished. Yeah, <laughs> like, you, like, got to the beginning and the end and, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I, I do that all the time and like especially now I mean I'm in college and this is like something that's really stretching like Sean's like yeah write a movie I'm like yo wait hold on <laughs> you mean like two that? two hours and he's like yeah, yeah 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 like not like a short film like a movie I'm mm-hmm. like yo no that's a lot that's, yeah it's 120 pages Sean was like you need to have 12 pages in by today. I was like, okay, Sean, what if it was eight pages? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, but no. <laughs> he's like, it's good, but there needs to be more pages. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. He's like, I like, yeah, he'll be like, I like what you have, but also change it all. I'm like, oh, okay. Sorry, Sean. Yeah, that's, that's been, those notes today, I mean, they were helpful, but also mm-hmm. I felt like they were really vague. Yeah. Some of the notes people it's, were getting. I was it's like, scary to do peer critique because you like don't want to hurt someone's feelings, but yeah. like you and you also like don't want to tell them how to write their own story. Yeah. So it's like a fine line. And you were also, for context, we did like peer critiques of people's yeah. scripts, and Ashton went today. Like, you were the first person to go. Yeah. Like so nobody like I, knows how to do this yet. Exactly. Like they were. All, they were. It seemed like they were already a little bit more fleshed out by the time they got to Clark. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's around when you entered. Yeah, I got there late. Yeah, which was lame. No, I'm sorry. Like, clear jazz intentions. That was one of my notes. Have clear jazz intentions. Yeah, I I don't know that much about jazz, so I couldn't. Well, like they were like tell you what or and I didn't write that note, so I yeah don't I know. know what that means. Well, because they were like they were like I want to see more of. Because my main character, obviously, is the jazz artist, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And my opening image technically isn't my, like, that crazy jazz. Mm-hmm. That's not my opening image, mm-hmm. at least technically anymore. Yeah. That's now what Sean called a tone expert, ex- mm-hmm. excerpt. And, like, he's like, you're allowed to have that, but, like, it's not your opening image. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, well, shoot. And he was like, you actually need to have all of your story here. I'm mm-hmm. like, What? And so he was like, I need him to, like, be listening to jazz or something. Like, tell me he likes jazz without telling me he likes jazz. Type yeah, th- like, showing, not telling. Yeah, and I'm like, well, you guys are so vague. I hate <laughs> this. It's like, just tell me my story's good and tell me the <laughs> one, you know. 
Just gas me up or something. Don't don't actually critique my script. <laughs> I'm like terrified for when we read mine because I know like the second the like voiceover pops up in the script, Sean's gonna like groan out loud, which is fair. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I also wish that I had thought of a way other than voiceover to write yeah. this. Well, I'm I'm literally. Well, I think your voiceover is fine because Thank it's more. You. It's about, also just it's in narration. The first it's also yeah. narration. Like it's not. Like, it's somebody explaining what they're visually seeing. It's not yeah. just a voiceover. You me, know? me and Jack were, like, last night, like, talking about it. And that, like, thinking back to that was cracking me up because half of that was just the two of us, like, staring at each other and being like, okay. Okay. I think okay. I know what, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> there was, like, not that much communicated there. But, like, I, it was like we were on, like, the same wavelength, though, type thing. But, um... Jack is another one of our classmates who's working on scripts with us. Uh, yeah, I'm, like, terrified for critique because, like, I feel like everyone's been kind of, like, this isn't to, like, brag or anything. I feel like I've been gassed up, and there's going to yeah. be a point where someone's going to be like, this is bad, and that yeah. is going to break me. <laughs> That's terrifying. Well, because I think it, it's going to be harder for you because you've been, like, working on it forever. Yeah, I've been working on it for, like, a year. Like, it, it's not, like... A script that I thought of for the class it was yeah. like oh hey I yeah. could write this one I have one of those that mm-hmm. I've like been working on and I thought about flushing that one out mm-hmm. and doing that and it was actually like me being like ooh I don't want anybody to like see this yet like yeah. it's not because it, I knew it wasn't that good yet and so like but also I love the story mm-hmm. and so I felt like I was just like putting my child out on the floor to die like that's what it felt like if I, I would have presented that, that yeah so yeah, I, didn't, I, I didn't was like, one. I was scared to be like, so this is what I've been working on for like the past year, and like I hope you guys like it. Yeah, like, literally. Oh, like we were talking about this with Jack last night. Like I don't want to be perceived at all, but one of my favorite parts of the storytelling process is sharing the story with other people. Yeah. Oh yeah. So how the hell does that work? It doesn't. <laughs> it, sadly, sadly, it doesn't like make any sense whatsoever. But yeah. like, I think like. I follow, obviously, a million and a half creators, but, like, so many of them are always so big about just put your work out there. Mm-hmm. Like, whether it's be, like, if you're making a video, put it on, like, YouTube or, like, and other people even go as far as to say, if you have, like, take photos and stuff, hang them up in your house. Mm-hmm. They're, like, just be surrounded by your work. Mm-hmm. And so I guess that goes into what you're saying is, like, you know, part of what you love about the process is putting it out there, which yeah. is good because you, that means you're not like terrified mm-hmm. of, you know, your ego getting slammed through the floor. Yeah. Because <laughs> like we, I talked on it uh, a couple, couple of podcasts ago, but basically like whenever you're creating, like you are like portraying the rawest form of your emotion mm-hmm. and just laying it out on into a story form. Poetry, you get really raw, mm-hmm. but then like obviously all the way up to, you know, a theatrical film or whatever, like that's still like you, you have put all of yourself into like a story and you just have to like, hope you guys like it. Cause that's me, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's also really scary. Cause like when you put a piece of art out into the world, you don't own it anymore. Yeah. Like immediately that just becomes public domain. Yeah. Like, Yes. Song, so many like a, an artist who wrote a song 
when they like Dave Grohl has a quote of like he loves like having like concerts where like everybody is shouting the lyrics back at him because that song and those lyrics mean something different to every single person shouting them back at him. Yeah. So like yeah, it's like it's a song by the Foo Fighters. But I don't know much of the Foo Fighters. So I'll take your Dave Grohl's the drummer for the Foo oh, Fighters. Oh okay, okay, okay. Um, but. Or no, he's not the drummer. That was Taylor Hawkins. He was the drummer for Nirvana. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> Dave Grohl is also a drummer, um, but I don't think he drums for Foo Fighters. I'm going <laughs> to get flamed for that. That's okay. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, like that quote, like, I don't know. First time I heard it, I was like, oh, shit, yeah. Like, yeah. It, like art means something different to everybody. Yeah. And it's also, like, insane the way that, like, art can change over time in meaning like something that you made at one point in time has like a completely different meaning to you later like the lyric in night shift by lucy dacus is like in five years i hope the songs feel like covers dedicated to new lovers yeah um because like that that's like in my opinion the ultimate breakup song and that lyric is so like visceral in terms of like in like five years down the line, these words from whatever song she's referring to uh-huh. are not going to hold the same meaning. No. And yeah. they're going to be dedicated to a different couple who's fallen in love. Yeah. And it's going to be a love song that means something different to them yeah, than crazy. it did to like me and my partner. And like that it's like art's so cool. Art is that really way. cool. I it well, and, I love and that I d- stuff. I don't think it was Goodwill Hunting, but it was Robin Williams. That's why I just accidentally refer. I well, I love Goodwill Hunting. Uh, my best my best movies. friend put me onto it. So did my way best back friend. in the day. Yeah, um, he's a screenwriter. Talk nice. about a talented screenwriter. This kid's insane. <laughs> um, no, but uh, yeah, there was a quote uh, from Robin Williams, and mm-hmm. he was like, he was like, you know, we need doctors. We need. Uh, lawyers we need you know teachers all this kind of stuff he was like but the reason we have all those things is so that we can create poetry is what Mm -hmm. he said but like art it's so that like we have everything we we go out and make money we like wake up and do a nine to five you go to school i pay whatever tuition to this place Mm -hmm. just so one day i can make art like that's crazy to me yeah it like that reminds me of how like over the pandemic like i saw somebody talking about how they were like, remember, like, next time, like, the conversation about essential workers comes up, like, when all else failed, like, everybody turned to art. Yeah. Like, people, like, were looking for things to watch, looking for things to um, do to fill their time. And they turned to, like, TV and mm-hmm. movies and podcasts and stuff like that. Like, um, and also, like, s- someone else, I don't know who, made a really interesting point how, like, when all obstacles are like removed and you have the opportunity like specifically with nepotism babies Mm. they're set up so that like they can do whatever they want they have the like support they need they have the money they need and like they're if they like go into the arts and like quote unquote fail yeah like they're good they're still good yeah But so many of them 
choose to take that track knowing that they're likely to succeed because of who their parents are. And this isn't me like trying to like put down like any of these like artists because like I love many of these artists. Yeah. Maya Hawk, Gracie Abrams, um, Maude Apatow, uh, Drew Barrymore. Um, There's like a million others. But like so many of those people like they have like they could do anything they wanted and with no obstacles to stop them they chose art. to create or yeah 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 and i i think that was a really like cool point that like somebody made and obviously like that's subjective it varies from person to person yeah. but i do think that like art is something that like often gets diminished or like looked down on like yeah. as something that like society necessarily needs to survive well yeah i mean but like if you like look back to it like i mean people were creating when they had like no the whatever form of communication they had they mm-hmm. still figured out a way to like portray themselves or yeah. whatever like whether it be in statues or like they just like the other day just dug up this like i don't know what you call it like it was it was like a mosaic or whatever mm-hmm. like the floor is just like art an, an art piece and they just like found it mm-hmm. and they were like yeah this dates back to whatever early century place and i'm like i don't know that's crazy it's like they didn't have all the modern stuff that we have mm-hmm. to just casually get on a podcast and talk or whatever. But yeah. they were like, yeah, what I have to say feels so important that I'm going to chisel it into a rock. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah. I don't know. And like you also like in. Well, I like obviously I can't speak for them because I'm not them. But like they probably weren't thinking about like how that's going to be preserved. Yeah. Or like how people 200 years from now. Um, like that wasn't necessarily a priority when they were making it. Yeah. And like the fact that we have it still is so cool. So cool. And like that stuff just like gives me like chills to think about that. Like how, like however old humans are, however old human nature is, Uh storytelling has been around for just as long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which is insane to me. It's so insane. And I love that so much well and i i had somebody bring this point up once before and i'm just like it re- it was like yeah 100 percent. that's mm-hmm. why i do it like that's why i do what i do because they 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 were like you're just like a, a modern day scribe when i was talking yeah. i was telling them like i was like yeah i make movies and like whatever and they're like yeah you're like a modern day scribe every every king every whatever anybody who was anybody had a scribe they literally just had a homie who walked around and just said yeah I'm gonna re- I'm gonna write that down like that that was good. I'm gonna, let me write that down real quick. And it's like that's just what we do now. Like we scribe. I mean, even mm-hmm. like like there's like even like biblical reference and stuff. Like the reason the songs of David and stuff were recorded was because of the scribes that were in the quote tabernacle of David and like yeah. that type of stuff. It's like yeah, like somebody was there to capture it, mm-hmm. and you're like it was someone's like <clears throat> job or yeah. somebody wanted to write that down so that gasses me up that me that, that gets me I excited love that. yeah like there's a song by the band bastille called the poet that's i really love that song because it the lyrics are like um now you'll live through the ages i can feel your heart in the pages and like there's another lyric that's like uh something something like in eyes not yet created, on tongues that are not born, I have written you down now, and you will live forever. And, like, that's just, like, yeah. that song, like, 
is like the like not pinnacle but like it really captures the like kind of sentiment that we're talking about yeah like and i i love that song well bastille good shout out shout out bastille (laughs) gotta gotta love him (laughs) what what's that what like one song that was like super popular pompeii Pompeii, yeah the one it goes so hard i remember being what i don't know what age i was but that was that was my song. Yeah. You best believe. Oh my god, listening to that. I developed in the car. a whole British accent because of that band. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was all over them. You, oh my uh, god. I saw them live my sophomore year of high school. Absolutely life changing. Oh yeah. Um, I remember like they played Pompeii, and I turned to my sister and I was like, because it's like their most popular song. I was like, I kind of forgot how hard yeah. this goes, and like, so cool to like see live, and then um. There was a point where, like, the lead singer, Dan Smith, got, like, into the crowd and was, like, walking through. And he was closer to me at one point than we are right now. Yeah, that's crazy. And then I tripped and fell on my face. No. Um, And I told my English class about it the next day because that was, like, a Sunday night. And then, like... Class Monday. Class on Monday. And I remember my English teacher, she said some pretty out-of-pocket things to me um, my junior year of high school. But one of them was, like... (laughs) Well, just think if you hadn't like fallen on your face, maybe you could have just met the love of your life. And I was like, he is 30. Yeah. And I'm in high school. (laughs) And I am 16. Yeah. Let's maybe not do that. (laughs) I was like, he's a 30 year old British man who probably has a partner. Yeah. I don't know enough about him, but to like confirm that. He's not one of those bands that I'm just. I don't think. That would have worked out yeah. in the Wattpad fan fiction way you're thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, my my story about Bastille is a little less embarrassing, but it's cringy nonetheless. So, <laughs> <laughs> I the reason I heard about Bastille, the reason I found out about them, mm-hmm. was because I was watching that Ellen DeGeneres show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I was, but they performed. Pompeii on there, and I was like, yo, this song goes crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to know something very funny? Yeah. That is how I found out who Brockhampton was. Yo, Yo, that's so funny. Because when, like, my parents sometimes, specifically my dad, like, he went through, like, a phase where, like, if the Ellen show was on, he was just, like, watching it. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, And it was, like, during, like, when their song, like, you didn't like, turn it on, okay. It was like Sugar, I think is what it's called, was like really popular. Okay. It was like two or three years ago. Um, by like Maroon 5? No, oh. by Brockhampton. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And yeah. so like they performed it, and I was just like sitting in the living room with my dad. You were like, yeah. And I was like, that's cool. My buddy, good. <laughs> my buddy who goes here, he is in a band, but mm-hmm. their like sound and stuff is like very Brockhampton. Mm-hmm. But because of that, they somehow were able to get connected. And now their graphic designer mm-hmm. for all of their like cover art and stuff like that is the graphic designer for Brockhampton. Or at least it was, but they're not a thing anymore. But Holy crap. Yeah. Like he just like, casually slipped that in the conversation. I said, hold on. <laughs> what? And he was like, yeah. Like we just like basically like just hit him up one day and was like, we love your work. And he was like, That's yo, so cool. I love your guys' work. And then they just I... kind of. That's one of my favorite things about like yeah. the like 
arts industries because like you can just like reach out to someone and be like i'm yeah. a fan of your work and they're like oh my god i'm a fan of your work yeah and then you guys are both just sitting there like oh my god really are do we best like, friends now do you like want to be friends like yeah. my mom said that we can go see this yeah. movie if you your mom can like pick play us up. mermaid sweet yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> literally i love that so much yeah. i there was like some kids in like the dap program that i like just like hit up and i'm like mm-hmm. i well because like you know, those dap kids go crazy sometimes. Absolutely, they do. And uh, so I'm like, yo, you're, like, extremely talented. You want to be on my podcast. Mm-hmm. And then there was this one one guy that's going to be on here, and he's, like, not from the U.S. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure where he's from. But he, uh, I just, like, saw him on Instagram one day. I was like, oh, yo, like, love your work, all this kind of stuff. And then I just, like, stumbled onto his TikTok, and he's, like, TikTok famous. Oh, shit. Like, a few million followers. I'm like, yo, what? Like, just casually at UC, just a little TikTok famous <laughs> boy. Yeah, I just thought that was cool. He like draws and stuff. Oh, cool. He yeah. got famous because he did 100 sketches in 100 days. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, there was um, a girl in my like junior year English class who like her TikTok blew up because like she did like art and stuff. That's and cool. She did a really good job with that. I have a TikTok, but nobody follows it, so yeah. <laughs> eh, it's whatever. Like I'm not butthurt about it. <laughs> yeah. I put stuff on it just mm-hmm. for like the sake of putting stuff on it, but like yeah. I, I guess I don't really care about it blowing up. Because like I've looked at people blowing up and mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to do much for them. Yeah. Like obviously like you have like your Charlie D'Amelio's and stuff mm-hmm. or like, I don't know, whatever, the people who just went mad yeah. big, right? That's a different story. But I don't know, like some of the people that I follow on TikTok, it's like, yeah, they have a couple million, but then like I would just like go to their Instagram and it's like they just have like 2,000 followers. Yeah. Like they're not famous by any means, mm-hmm. like actually. Yeah, it's like online presence is such like a weird thing. Especially right like, now, yeah. You can have like millions of followers, <clears throat> but like no one knows who you are yeah which is like such an interesting concept that's and, poetic like, in itself just yeah saying. That's one crazy. of my friends uh we were talking about this in terms of like one of my friends like had like ghosted someone she had been talking to on tinder yeah and she felt really bad about it and our friend was like we were never supposed to know this many people yeah and like he said that and we were all like damn you're right yeah, like, we're, we're we're not meant to be so connected with the world. Mm-hmm. The fact that I can literally look at my computer and have access to literally all of the world's stress mm-hmm. and put it on my shoulders yeah. like that, like that's wild to me. And like the somebody said something to me of like we see like we absorb more information and news in a day than like a medieval peasant would in like their lifetime their lifetime <laughs> yeah um and i was like yeah i never really thought about it like that like that is crazy yeah the like amount of like information that like we consume and the rate that we like consume it at is like mind-boggling yeah like like, my mom was talking to me uh, not too long ago, and, like, she just, like, she was, like, ah, you know, like, you're smart and all this kind of stuff. I'm, like, oh, thanks, you know, like, whatever, just as moms do. Mm-hmm. She was, like, no, like, you just, like, have information that's just, like, how? Like, you know, and I'm, like, well, probably because, like, I just can. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the reasons that I, like, got so, in fact, like, quickly ev- uh, evolved in, like, filmmaking and stuff was just because, like, YouTube. Yeah. Like, I didn't 
have to wait for anything. Like I just had at the, you know, in in bed at 3 a.m. I'd just be scrolling through like shot techniques, you know, yeah. like that type of stuff. And it's like we just have so much, so much information. Mm-hmm. Half of my professors refer to YouTube and like websites whenever they're like, they're like, yeah, here's an example of how this is done. Like they don't have to bring a camera to class anymore and illustrate it. Mm-hmm. I saw a, a TikTok the other day of somebody who was like filming their film class and they like the professor had like a Killing Eve like fan edit. Uh, that uh. was like that they were all just like sitting like and they had like they were all like so serious just like taking notes watching it and it was like this like Cannibal by Kesha was playing over the video Stop. and like no. it was like it was so funny because it was just like a random like fan yeah. edit and it was like all the comments were like this is so film school literally <laughs> like, this is like, so film school no for real like, my <laughs> I remember like my uh, intro to media class like some of the stuff we'd watch in there it's just like he would be like this is a, like you would you'd go through and like describe a J cut and mm-hmm. then we would just like watch five minutes of Spider-Man for no reason. Mm-hmm. It's like that felt like a waste of my time. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was like it. It's so funny to me because like there are like a lot of like assignments and things that we do in certain classes that like I feel like do hold importance. Oh, and yeah. Are, like, oh, yeah. Really cool. But like there was one point last year where like the guy I was dating was talking about like all the homework he had for his engineering class. And he was like, what do you need to do? And I was like, I have to watch ice age by Wednesday. (laughs) I have to do a literary analysis on the social network. Yeah. I was like, yeah, like I literally just have to watch ice age. Like so awesome. That is my homework. I do. I do have to watch the social network. Dadgummit. I just remember that's a homework I have to do. I've already watched it, so I probably won't watch it for this homework. Like, I just have to make a screen response. It's like a page. Yeah. Yeah, I did that earlier for Moonrise Kingdom. Yo. That movie is so good. It's so good. Oh, I'm thinking of the right one. That's uh, Wes Anderson, right? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Mm -hmm. It's so good. I love Wes Anderson. It's my sister's favorite Wes Anderson film. He's my father. (laughs) I I love that man. Uh, I like his movies feel very like scrapbook like to me. They do. Yeah. That's a great. That is a great description of Wes Anderson. He's just a moving scrapbook. I stole that from my friend, the same one who thought my last name was Smith for two years. Well, because of that, now it's your quote. She owes me. Yeah. That's your quote at this point. Yo, we've been talking for an hour. Good for us. That's crazy. This is what happens when two film majors sit in a room and <laughs> aren't told to shut up. Literally, <laughs> literally. And we, I feel like we haven't even talked that much about film. I know. Maybe we have, and I'm just like numb to it at this point. But <laughs> yeah, I feel like we haven't like dove into film. What have you been working on? Like, do you have any like pieces that you're about to put out or have put out? Um, it's a really <laughs> great question. There's a lot of like companies I've worked for in the past that have like definitely put things out that I was a part of. Okay. Um, there's some stuff that like, I don't have any updates on because the company that it was under, like doesn't exist anymore. So I have no idea what happened to it. So I like, don't feel like I can't be like, check this out that like I was a PA on this set. Like, um, but, uh, I mean, other than, like, most of, like, the, my energy has been focused on, like, our screenplays in class right now. Yeah. Um, but 
there's been like a couple like photography products or projects that I've been a part of like over the past like six months or so that have been pretty fun there's this photographer uh who's kind of like local to the Cincinnati area her name is Erica Almquist she's really cool highly recommend checking her out um I did a shoot with her and another person that I work with pretty frequently named Savannah Webb um earlier this summer and that was really fun um I was just kind of like a PA like I I wasn't holding the camera I think I was um but like that was a really fun shoot to do and I think the the photos were like for a private thing so like they they were never like put out but um check out Erica's work because she's really good at what she does for sure yeah that's dope yeah what about you yeah uh well this this is pretty big i put a lot of focus into this um for like no reason yeah well because i so the podcast has been going for like a little over a year Mm -hmm. i started last august yeah um and it was kind of spotty like you know there's like episodes Mm -hmm. right um but it wasn't as like intense as i'm going like now Mm -hmm. i mean just in the last like two weeks i've recorded four episodes Mm -hmm. released two because i'm just gonna release one a week yeah but and then like it's now in video form it's just like everything is just like taking like a massive jump up yeah um obviously quality as well um so yeah that's been a big focus obviously yeah yeah, my scripts uh this last year i did a a i was the dp on my uh friend set uh basically he's in chicago so that was Mm -hmm. cool yeah i was there for a week just filming which was fun yeah uh but the movie i don't think is going to come out until like spring yeah yeah Yeah, everything that i've worked on has been like stuff that other people have like asked me to come and do in the past like couple years i haven't really had a lot of my own stuff that i've been able to put out mostly lack of resources and also lack of like time um but I mean, a few years ago, toward the tail end of my junior year of high school, I did a radio piece for uh, YSO back in Dayton, Ohio. They do, like, Dayton Youth Radio, and they have local high schoolers come on and do, like, radio pieces. So that was pretty cool. cool. Um, So that's out there. Um, I've been on another podcast called Hey Jesse that uh, was like the summer between my junior and senior year of high school i think i'm just thinking of debbie ryan right now i'm sorry no, the like tagline what for it was like it feels like a party every day stop but, like the guy who like did it his name is jesse oh. spelled j-e-s-s-e so um but yeah i'm sorry if i just got you like copyright struck jesse uh you don't deserve that no no, um, no. He, but... he's good he's good he's gonna be fun um that was fun that like whole like podcast premise was like jesse wanted to like meet a bunch of people and like have conversations with people that he wouldn't normally have had them with so he started with one friend that he knew and then he asked that friend to ask another friend that he didn't know to be a guest Very and then that cool. friend like so like the previous guest like always introduced the next one that's cool um and so that's how like i got to be on it kind of like it feels a lot like um was it david uh yeah david letterman my uh what 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 is this show? My next guest is yeah, is that what it was? like or like introducing yeah. or my next guest needs no introduction or something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely it. Um, 
But yeah, so that was a cool experience. But um, most of the stuff that I've worked on in the past two years has been pretty exclusively for school or personal. But like I have a couple projects coming up that I'd really like to actually have like come to fruition. Um, And like in like I tried to make a short film my senior year of high school that like we filmed, we wrote the script, we did all of that. And I sat down to edit it, and I just could not do it. Like, do you saw the footage, the raw footage? Yeah, I'm like terrified to look at it though, especially because like I'm in it uh, because we didn't have anybody else. Yeah, and I don't want to look at myself. Yeah, and it was also like kind of a rushed production because like we just wanted to make it, so like it wasn't as streamlined as it could have been. There weren't really any rehearsals. Like, we just, like, did, like, one table read over, like, a Zoom call, and then we filmed it. And it was just, like, it's messy. It's not exactly what I would have wanted it to be, but it is, like, it was, like, the first everything that I made on my own. Yeah. Um, And so maybe one day, like, I'll be able to, like, stomach, like, sitting down and watching all that footage back, but... um, I, I think I've grown a lot, both as, like, somebody who knows what they're doing on a set and i trust myself more to like make something that i want to make yeah so the next thing i make i will sit down and edit it yeah and what you what you also don't have to be the one to edit it you this know? is true like that's yeah. part of so like i've made a short film a year mm-hmm. since 2020 so i made so three total mm-hmm. in the last three years like and i say short film like as in like 30 minutes Mm -hmm. it's like a budgeted film from start to finish like you know what i'm saying like you casting but so for two of them i was the well no sorry for all three of them i was the dp for Mm -hmm. for the first one i executive executive produced the second one again i was like the dp i guess i did some producing because like i did script and scheduling stuff Mm -hmm. but then and then this last one i was strictly the dp and so like my titles just keep getting like which is good like this is how the industry works Mm -hmm. right now like because i was originally supposed to edit the one that i we filmed this year Mm -hmm. but i was like and i was now that it's in somebody else's hands like somebody else is editing it and Mm -hmm. i'm like dang like they didn't trust me to edit it this time the third it's like no that's not how that works like that's not at all what they were thinking like it was just yeah i like the place that like i came from in terms of like creating it was like you made and edited all your own stuff yeah so i'm not like used to handing it off to somebody else it's terrifying and i feel scared asking someone else to do that because it's like i don't like editing i would love for somebody else to do it but it's like you have to look at what i film yeah the rawest form too yeah like Like, what if you don't like it yeah yeah (laughs) i'd be like whenever you're like taking pictures like whenever i'm like out taking pictures like getting video and stuff i'm like Mm -hmm. oh yo this is gas right Mm -hmm. like i'll get super excited and they're like oh let me see like well it's going to be cool like it's going to be cool later like trust me trust me and they're like no no, no, like it's fine i'm like yeah i always hate showing them the raw because it's like yeah it's not done you don't see what's up here Mm -hmm. yeah it's like you you just don't understand. Yeah, and I've tried I'm to do. I'm an artist. Literally, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, there's something here. <laughs> yeah, I try to do these like exercises on like my Instagram or like my YouTube or whatever, mm-hmm. of just like small, almost like non-narrative concepts that mm-hmm. are just like me 
with an idea like almost like putting pen to paper but it's putting like idea to screen type thing yeah um so it's like whether it be i i i've never really worked with blues before so Mm -hmm. it's like okay i'm gonna make a thing centered around the color blue Mm -hmm. like that type of stuff like i would just do like micro exercises so that like i feel a little bit more confident working on a larger set Mm -hmm. i don't know what information if that information has value but that's what i did (laughs) Yeah, I, like, it kind of astounds me sometimes. Maybe this is just because I have control issues or something, but I don't necessarily see myself first and foremost as a writer. Mm. I love writing. It's one of my favorite things in the world. But, like, I don't want to, like, pigeonhole myself as, like, I'm just a writer because, like, if I write something, I'm going to want to make that thing. Yeah. And I don't want to not be involved in the making of it. Like, I... I'd love to direct that if I could or like just be heavily involved. So like I it's hard for me to like grasp how like other like writers and like screenwriters in the industry are so okay with like just selling their work Literally. and like having it be sent off to be made and then they have like no more control over it cuz it's yeah. like but I wrote that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I want to be on set. It's ter- it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, like uh, my my best friend who is a screenwriter, like he mm-hmm. Like, that's all he does. Like, yeah. I mean, he obviously wants to direct and, like, film school has forced him to, like, get into some other stuff, mm-hmm. right? But he, uh, like, in his early days, he was like, how do I make money off of scripts? And so, like, we just had some people who, like, we know from the industry and they were mm-hmm. like, well, sell it. Like, option your scripts. Like, yeah. this, that, and the third. And he was like, okay, cool. Like, so I could just, like, sell my ideas and, like, be a part of all these things. And he's like, they were like, well, no. Mm-hmm. Like, you would write a script and you just get rid of it. Yeah. And he's like, yo. They're like they would credit you as like a script writer, but like that's it. Mm-hmm. And like after you sell it, like they own it now. Yeah, and they can change anything they, they can want. They change all of it. Yeah, which like you know, sometimes a certain story needs to be told a certain way, and you're not the person fully equipped to tell that story yeah. that way. But that's scary to admit. Yeah, that's and that's scary to like put out there, putting your ego in check. Yeah, because yeah. like. I mean, obviously, like, that's not a personal thing. Like, some, no one's being like, you're a bad storyteller, so we're going to change everything. everything yeah. But, like, it's hard to not take it that way sometimes, yeah. especially when you're not used to that yeah. as, like, what you're doing. Well, yeah, because, I mean, we obviously grew up in, like, the conducive environment of, like, you have an idea, it's yours, you, like, good job you, mm-hmm. like, all this kind of stuff. And then, like, obviously... Even in our industry, right? When people are like, be realistic, be a doctor, this, that, and the third. But then going all the way into our industry, in our industry, people are like, ah, be realistic. Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to, like, you have to, you're going to have to sell this. Like, mm-hmm. you don't, you're not going to have full control over this, mm-hmm. this, that, and third. And you're like, what? Why not? Yeah. And like, <laughs> the like pitch presentations scare me so much because it's like, if you give not enough information, they're not going to be interested. They're not going to take you seriously. Mm-hmm. If you give too much, they'll be like, okay, yeah, we'll get back to you. And then they'll just take the idea. Yeah. yeah you have to be, like, vague enough to, mm-hmm. yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know. You have to, like, give them, I guess that's where you NDAs come into play, right? Yeah. You just give them non-disclosure agreements if whenever but you, you start pitching. you don't necessarily have the power in that situation. Yeah. Well, I guess unless you, like, yeah. get your script, uh, what's the word? Copyrighted? Copyright, yeah. Yeah. Which I didn't realize the Constitution has copyright laws built into it. Yeah. Which blew my mind. I'm like, when did these homies way back <laughs> in the day start thinking, yeah, 
these people are going to need pr- protection over intellectual property. <laughs> like what? Like to me, that blew my mind. I found that out like a week ago. Really? To me, that was really new information, which I guess was like cool because I'm like, shoot, mm-hmm. like there's like actual systems in place to like protect th- this, mm-hmm. like what's up here. Yeah. Because, dude, people are snakes. That look, we had. I I have to do this presentation for one of my classes, mm-hmm. and I have like three ideas on there that I'm like really stoked about. I'm like, shoot, I have three ideas that I'm really stoked about and none of them are protected. Yeah. And I and we have to do small group presentations. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, someone could take this. Somebody totally me. could take this. Like, and I, I couldn't do anything about it. Literally, I'm like so, well, it depends on the state you're in. Mm-hmm. And in Ohio, luckily, like, I don't have to get it copyright to prove that it's intellectual property. Yeah. So, like, I can, like, if something happened and it was, like, uh, clearly a direct ripoff then I could say they were in my class I presented to them at this date here's when I made it here's when they made it mm-hmm. he stole it right yeah and there's also like there's a fine line there because like someone could be given the same prompt yeah and make something that like on a basis level is very similar but it's yeah. like a completely different thing like there was that lawsuit with like uh the tv show Abbott Elementary yeah um a woman was claiming that like she had been ripped off yeah and that she had come up with that idea but like her idea was just a workplace comedy set in an underfunded school yeah and like that's so vague yeah which is like a very broad idea and like yeah that at the base level is what abbott elementary is yeah but, but like, also like you didn't come a, up with the complex mm-hmm. characters the dialogue the this yeah like mm-hmm. like there's so many more details that go into that yeah. that like weren't stolen so even if that like concept or idea was which it probably wasn't because it's not that hard to come up with like oh what if i made a workplace comedy set in literally any setting yeah like what if Um, i made the office here yeah what if i made parks and rec here i feel like that's what like every media kid does yeah in in, like their first media space they're like what if we made something like the office but here yeah like that is a thought that crosses every media kid's mind oh yeah my i one of the ideas is like an office style show Mm -hmm. but that follows a like back of house production team touring with like the young version of Justin Bieber. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I had one like that. It was like a work cli- workplace comedy set at uh like lifeguards working at a pool over that's, the summer. That's genius. Which that's like great. I thought would be like so funny because like, I was a lifeguard for 3 years and there's so much material there. I'm sure. Like yeah. the weirdest stuff happens at pools. Do you know how many times I have had to clean human feces Yo, off of the floor? Actually, that's wild. Because it's more than once. That's crazy. The fact that it's more than zero is what's blowing my mind. Mm-hmm. One time, like, we were cleaning the bathroom, and one of my coworkers, like, walked into a stall and just then, like, walked straight back out. And I was like, he didn't really clean that. So yeah. I walked in, and I looked down. There was just a turd on the floor. And I was like... How do you miss? And I was like, is that a, is that poop? And I just heard him go, yup. Dang. And then like, that was like the second one that What do week. you do? Get a shovel? Um, what we would do is like, yeah, like 
shovel or like scoop it up somehow. Stop. No, I didn't get, actually want to discard it. And then we would get like chlorine and water and mix that together and dump it in the spot it had been and then scrub it and then rinse it. And that would be how we would clean. We would just like sterilize it. And that is why you always wear flip flops when you're going to the pool. Yes. Please, for the love of God, don't pee in the pool. Don't poop in the pool. <laughs> And wear Crocs or flip flops or yeah. sandals. Just put some wear socks for all I care. Put something on the bottom of your feet. Yeah, you grody athlete foot looking. Ugh. Ugh, it's disgusting. Well, Molly, it's an hour and sixteen minutes. All right. That <laughs> on that note of the human feces. On that note of the human feces. <laughs> <laughs> this is the longest I've talked on a podcast. So, and uh, my oh, voice I'm is honored. my voice is falling apart at the seams. <laughs> um, where 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 can they go to follow you? Um, if I'm, you want people to follow yeah, you. Yeah, sure. I'm on Instagram, illiterate underscore strawberry. Okay. That's me. I'll put that in the show notes below for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if you want to want to catch an episode, you can either follow the, the what's that thing called? The Spotify? Spotify, yeah. Apple Podcasts, and mm. now the YouTube. Yo. There's a video form of this. Exhibit A, the pita bread. <laughs> um, there's a video form of this now so you can go on youtube you can catch this uh, yeah so just come back next week when molly learns how to take a wheelchair huh over there 